Heavenly Father, it is a joy to meet together. We're so thankful. We're so thankful of all that you've done for us. We recognise everything we have has come from you. You are a great Father. You're a great God. And Lord, as we pause today for a few minutes to reflect on fathering, we ask you to speak to us. Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak through me and help me talk. I ask that all of us would hear and have grace imparted this morning. And in the name of Christ, I you know, just come across every evil scheme. I just rebuke it and uh, just bind any evil scheme, refuse permission for that to uh, affect our, our service right now. Uh, may the peace of Jesus Christ rest here as I speak. Amen. Anyway, the scripture I woke up with is a scripture all know, and which means when we, when we talk about it, People, it's like, the, you know, people talk about doing communion every week and getting used to it. This scripture, every one of you will know, but I woke up with it so clear in my head that hopefully whenever you remember this scripture, you'll remember this point that I'm about to make. And it's about God the Father, and it's John 3:16, And it's God so loved the world that he sent his only son that um, whoever believes will be saved, right? But the, what I want you to get today, and as part of this thing, was God sent and we've all heard it but the fact that you are saved was a choice by God the Father it didn't happen by accident this was a deliberate choice by God by a, it was a, a choice by a father to sacrifice and I know Jesus sacrificed as well but God sacrificed God the Father it was a deliberate choice that he made for others, for us, for his family. And, and that's what I want to talk today, the choices of being a father. And besides, you know, I love talking about issues and resentment and all that, but the other, the other thing I've got my bandwagon at the moment is uh, being intentional in all that you do. So I'm going to talk about fathering and being intentional while fathering and choices. And what I've decided to do today to mix it up a bit, we're going to do big choices. So this is what I call my life choices. And then I'm going to give you small choices, and these are daily choices, okay? And I'm going to flick between them both, and we'll put them in the show notes or whatever at the end, so that you can look up later, because I don't have a complete list of both. I'm just flicking between one or two as I go through. And some of these, I mean, they're all common sense, so it's nothing I've learnt that's you know, out of this world or anything. I'm just, just chatting, okay? So that's what we're talking today. So if you're a father, if you're an, any adult, but especially a father, take note of this. Because these are choices you should start doing. Okay, now I had this, you know, as fathers mature, my fathers um, grow up. But since Jacob talked to the youth a few weeks ago about leveling up, I spoke to the youth on Friday night about leveling up. It's a, like a gaming term, you know, you start at a game and, it, and if you collect so many of this or that, you go up levels as you go. Very motivational. Leveling up is very motivational. You know, you've got to achieve the next thing. It's why half of you pay Candy Crush for five hours a week. You know, oh, I'm now level 737, great. And there's like zillions to go. You know, it, it's part of the, the scheme to get people engaged in something is leveling up. So in, instead of maturing, growing up, we're going at number one, the first thing I learned as a father is fathers level up. And Paul says in Corinthians was when I was a child, I paraphrase this a bit myself, sorry. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a dad, I put away childish things. For those who aren't fathers, it says, but when I became a man, 
I put away self childish things. But for today on Philip's translation, it's when I became a dad, I put away childish things. So choice, this is your first choice when you become a father. You choose to put away childish things. Okay, this doesn't have anything to do, with, it's a simple choice, like black and white. You're a dad, I put away childish things. Okay, so for me, as soon as Krista became pregnant, you know, every, every day, because it was a great life I had before I had kids. <laughs> Krista worked full time, she used to make more money than me. I used to work full time, we had cars, house, like, life was honestly a dream. And the best part was she'd work night shift. So, you know, I'd, I'd work um, like nine to say five. By the time I got home, she'd be gone, she'd work three to 11, right? So it was like, it was just a cruisy life. Not, you know, you just met each other for good times and, um, and it was just easy, right? And so every morning I'd get up and uh, I'd watch sunrise every single morning. I'd get up in the morning. Um, she wouldn't get up till late because she had a late night, right? I'd flick on the TV, have breakfast, work didn't start till nine. What a cruisy life, right? Cruisy, turn on sunrise, watch TV for an hour or two, head on into work. What a, and then Krista got pregnant and then I turned off the TV. Just, we didn't even have a kid yet. And, and she used to watch, um, she used to come home from work and watch CSI or whatever, what was it on at night, I don't know. And I said to her, you are not watching CSI anymore. That is a violent show. <laughs> right? It is. And I said, our baby is not listening to that. <laughs> so, boom, TV went off, done. Because when I became a dad, I put away childish things. It was just leveling up, one little thing out of about a zillion levels you can go through. It's like Candy Crush, you'll never come to the end of it. But when you do come to a little level, just, just level up, just level up. Just whenever you see a level, achieve it, just do it. Anyway, that has nothing to do with emotions, that's just in your brain saying, I need to be better. Yeah, make the choice. Your first choice as a father is to level up. So if you're a dad and haven't started leveling up, make the choice. Here's a small choice for you. Oh, did you hear? I think people knew I was getting a pool. I finally got it in. <laughs> no, it's wrong. It's still in the front yard. Uh, it's only been there six months. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Anyway, you can hardly see that, and I'm not a very good graphic artist, which means I went through about 13 colours on the text and still didn't get a good one. But your first small choice as a father is to go outside. You need to stop and play. Dinner will wait. Okay, no matter what your wife says, go outside. Okay, it's more important. Okay, and then you'll get into a routine where she'll make dinner a bit later. Okay? So, no, no, this is super important. Like, you've got to put priorities in, in your life, and kids are more important than food, okay? Simple. So, when you get home, just go outside. Really, really simple one, right? These are the, so, the levelling up is your, your lifestyle choice. Your, the small choice is something you've got to do every day. Go and jump on the trampoline with your kid. Okay, even if they're 21, just go and do it. It'll be good for you. It will be. Okay. Um, number two, your second choice is father's love. Okay? So, now when I got married, that, like men love as well, okay? 
So this is why husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Once again, it's a choice. Okay, because as you know, when you're married, things get really, 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 really tough. So that means that it's a choice. Okay? It's, just, it's a choice like anything else is a choice. And, um, but the amazing thing is um, when you have a kid, you start to love. You, like, how is that possible that you love something that you've never met and it just appears, but there's love there? How, how does that happen? You know, it, it's a gift of God. And so, it's, but then as, as you grow, you have to make the choice. Thank goodness it's a gift as well. There's grace there. But as you grow, second choice of a life is Father's love. And the first way you start to love, as I mentioned, is your wife. So one of the best things a father can do, as a, one of the best things you can do as a father is to love, love your wife and not be shy about letting the children know. It's true. It's true. I'm, and because I came from a family that wasn't overly affectionate in its culture, um, I'm now um, pretty affectionate, at least at home. And uh, just generally, so basically, as a father, your grow, job is to gross the kids out, okay? With PDA, okay? That's, let's say it simply, okay? That's your job, okay, Max? You've got you to gotta make Ben want to move out. <laughs> anyway, no, but, uh, sorry, this is a serious point. We can't get funny. Um, this is a gr- great way to teach your son to love his mum and his wife after they are married. Anyway, I now make very conscious choices about how I treat Krista at home, intentionally, and sometimes you may not feel like it. That's part of life. But if you make the choice, the funny thing is when you get into behaviours and repetitive behaviours, the emotions follow it. It's a very strange thing about life. So if you start doing, if you don't want to do anything because you don't feel it, like I don't feel like I love my wife enough to do that, just start doing it. The, the emotion will follow the behaviour. Believe it or not, I don't know why. I'm not a whatever person explains those sort of things. All I know is it works. And a um, good instance is like, I never used to watch supercars years ago. I started watching it and suddenly I just just loved it. I'd read everything up on it and then I stopped it because I hate being addicted to things and then I don't care about them anymore. So wherever you put your attention, your love grows. So you need to make a choice as a father to love your wife. Okay? A conscious choice, even if it's just behaviour first. The emotion will follow. Okay. Another thing, as a de- so I hope you're writing two lists here because this, this second list you've got to do every single day. Okay? No, you don't have to do it every day, this one. But you need to look through old photos. This is great fun. I, I, do, I do this with my kids at home, and you just, and I, mostly on their phone now, and I know it's a screen, but I don't really have photo books. Um, so we just, we look through photos, right? And it's just a funny thing to do, and it helps. I, I don't know how, it just helps. Anyway, they seem very happy to have a pie. <laughs> Um, This one here is a big one for me. Number three, father's work. Whenever I've spoken this in the past, I had fathers provide, but no, father's work. Because sometimes you can work and it's not still quite enough. Either way, father's work. Okay? And you know how I was talking at the start about 
God the Father's choices. Have a look at this verse. This is God. He created each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he, he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. Basically, before any of us was born, God created us to work. It was an intentional choice. Just like God sent his son as a choice, God created us to work. God makes choices. Just like us as fathers make choice, we have to be like God. God makes choices. Okay? And God chose for us to work. And we know this because, I mean, there's heaps of words in the Bible for, in the Hebrew Old Testament for worship. But right at the start, there's a word called avadah. I'm not saying that's pronounced correctly. But it's a word that means worship, work, and service. And so the words for working is the same as the words for worshipping, right? And so, as a male, as a father, you can be confident to know that work is worship. Okay? So when, when I need to go out there and mow a lawn or dig trenches or go to my, you know, whatever I'm doing, I'm worshipping God in all that I do. God sent it up this way. And guess what, guys? Like, you, you might think, oh, it's not a ministry or, you know, I'm not a pastor. Guess what? When God created Adam and Eve, he gave them a few simple instructions. And to me, I might get overruled later, but to me, they're, they're number one and two before we start. Number one, be fruitful and multiply. Number one instruction from God to humans. Be fruitful and multiply. You know, be a dad. Take care of your family. Number two, subdue the earth and fill it. Take care of the garden. So your role, your number one ministry, is take care of your family, take care of your house, take care of your yard. Okay? Now, you have to go to normal work as well? Great. But I can tell you by taking care of your family, taking care of your house and taking care of your yard, you are worshipping. You're giving glory to God in the way you live, in the way you act, in the example you set to your kids and your wife. And it's worship and it's holy. And so you can go and worship God 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week. I'm a big fan of working sad days because that's what God did. Or at least six out of seven days. God worked six and rested one. It's a great model. If you want to be like God, work six days a week. And it's amazing the amount of provision that will come to your family if you're prepared to work six, hours, six days a week. Do your 38 hours over five days and go get a second job. It's great. Anyway, fathers choose to work. So if, you, you know, if your family's budget's a bit tight, tight, fathers choose to work. They work harder. They work more. And uh, something small, take your kids to work. Not every day. <laughs> that will drive the boss crazy. But, you know, if you, if you get the chance to take your kids to work, do it. And, you know, show them your desk and show them where you eat lunch. And, and it might have to be all day. Hey, just take them in for an hour or two. Most workplaces will be open to this, I'm sure. Like, it's a modern world. So take your kids to work. They will love it. You know, they're really interested in what you do. So take them to work. And, um, and then on the other hand, if you're at home doing something, like fixing a door on a kitchen cupboard or whatever you do at home, do it with your kids. Show them how you do it. Uh, it will take way longer, like three or four times longer. But um, I've got to learn to do this one better. But it'll be worth it, okay? 
So take your kids to work. You got your two lists going, your big lifestyle choices and then your little things you can do with your kids all the time. Okay, father's sacrifice. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things and endures all things. So that's your job as a dad, those things. Love all things, believe all, hope all, but then endure all. And so like you said in the previous example, if your budget's a bit tight and you have to go work that second job at night or your Saturday job, you'll have to do it. It won't be forever because I had to do it hard for two years when I was in a bit of financial dire straits. I mean, I still work long hours now, but I worked longer hours for about two years just to raise enough money to get myself sorted. And it's going to be very, very hard but they wouldn't call it a sacrifice if it was easy. That would be called normal life. So if you want to take care of your family, you sacrifice. Sacrifice for your wife, sacrifice for your kids. Make a choice. It's a lifestyle choice to sacrifice. This is why this didn't really fit in with my why I'm a great dad talk. <laughs> Setting the bar way too high here. <laughs> Anyway, um, you need to tell jokes and tell stories. My kids love when I tell them bedtime stories and I tell some really weird bedtime stories and then Karis gets me in trouble when I don't tell the same ones. I said, I forgot how they went, you know? You know, but it often involves something weird. And, but you tell, I love telling jokes too. Jacinda's the only one who gets my jokes. So um, I like this picture because I have about 20 of these pictures that are... The funny thing is we're just trying to get the kids lined up and as you can, they're always pulling funny faces but in every single picture we have of this, there's a, this seal is in the background pulling a different face. <laughs> I, I kid you not, I have like 20 of them. I should have flicked through them. It's, and he keeps on popping up and he's coming up from underneath and down from the top. Anyway, great day. Anyway, um, yeah so, anyway, I once asked my wife what day her birthday was and yeah, and she said, March 1st, and I said, okay. <laughs> so good. And then, the, I did have a good joke, but I got barred from saying it today. So I'll have to tell those who are, you know, afterwards. But the other good joke John and I were talking about this week was, um, how do you tell the difference between how do you tell the gender of an ant? Okay, you pick up an ant and you throw it in water. And if it sinks, it's a girl ant. And if it floats, it's a boy ant. <laughs> yeah, great. Anyway, you need to tell jokes to your kids, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell jokes, tell jokes and stories. I, I don't mean like, I, mean, I guess you can reminisce, that will probably come up under the photos. You know when you're flicking through photos, the kids ask so many questions, because half of them weren't alive when the photos were taken, like Karis wasn't alive on this one. I don't think, maybe she was, I don't know. But, um, but that tell, like, take them to bed and just make up stories, they love that stuff, okay? Harder when your kids are older. Yeah, that's fine too. <laughs> 
Oh, no, I've, um, I've flipped a slide. How am I going to do this? There we go. Uh, a choice of fathers is to forgive. In the prodigal son, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and he was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the parable of the lost son, or the prodigal son as we call it, is a picture of what the heart of a father is like. And we need to model that in our families. Um, and the only, like we all know, we've talked about forgiveness. I spoke about when we talk about resentment. All I can say about fathers forgiving is you, 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 fathers need to move first, okay? Um, it's their role. Otherwise you'll end up with, um, you know, resentment is like two people building on each other or it, it's the father's job to move first. And I, and I know you'll feel like you're taking the high road and you're the one always, I mean, your wife will think the same thing too, so. <laughs> but it's the father's job to move first, okay? That's your role. In the family hierarchy, your role is to move first. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. So, um, you know, David Ramsey says, if there's anything wrong in your business, just look at the boss, because he either allows it, permits it, hire the people, he set up the procedure, whatever. So whenever you see an issue in an organisation or workplace, it's the boss's fault, every single time. It doesn't matter which staff member did it, it doesn't matter anything, because the boss allows it or permits it, the boss is the one in control. So if you see anything wrong in an organisation, blame the boss, even if it's ten levels up. Families are the same, okay? If a family is dysfunctional, blame the dad. Anyway, it's a big statement, I just thought of it then, but blame the dad, okay? Because um, fathers need to move first and they can fix it. Fathers can fix stuff. They need to move first. Anything wrong in your family? Dad. Small choices. Say something powerful. Notice in this picture how I'm sacrificing. I can see it already. See, I'm holding the backpack with all the water in it. <laughs> and Ethan also has the food. We have pretty strict rules in our family, things like that. And uh, even around eating, like if we go somewhere, we have very strict rules around that too. Females, males, young to old. I said, Connor, you always last. Old or young. So the, uh, you know, so he's the youngest male, he always goes last. He knows that. It'll never, huh? Say something powerful like, I love you, or I'm lucky to be your dad. I was just commenting on my sacrifice in the photo, holding the backpack. But um, say something powerful like, I love you, or I'm lucky to be your dad, or you are important to me, or they don't seem powerful, but they are. Just say something powerful. It's an everyday thing, this one. Oh, I'm sorry. Very good. I'm sorry. If you have issues with your kids and you knew you made mistakes, which you have because you're a father, so I'm talking to every father in this room who has made a mistake, and your kids are young, say sorry. But what's more important, that if, you, if your kids are adults, you need to have a coffee with them and say, I know I can't fix it, but I am sorry. Just say it. 
it'll mean a lot. And then you might take 10 years to resolve whatever resentment built up over that time because it'll be there. They might not tell you, but that's step number one. Just saying I'm sorry. I can't do anything to fix it, but I am sorry. I know I was wrong. Say something powerful. Okay, fathers impart. Um, this is actually the verse that I gave Levi and Mickey when we dedicated Bethel back in 18, I think. And um, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Fathers impart wisdom. Don't forget the Lord. So a father needs to make a choice to day by day look for ways to impart wisdom. And if you don't have any influence on your kids anymore, start by just doing what they say. Like, start acting in your house. It's your house. It's not your kid's house. So do what this says first. Even if you can't talk directly to them, do what this says. Play worship music in your house. Whatever you have to do, write on your... Write on your posts, write on your gates if you have to. Do what Jacob does and put your cross up in your window. Right? Every time I go to Northside Plaza and drive out, I see the cross on Jacob's window. Every single time. How cool is that? So that's what fathers will do. Even if they have no influence in the lives of the kids, start living at home. Start imparting wisdom. Look for ways to impart God's truth through the daily rhythms of your life. Um, show gratitude. Um, we're doing it more often, but we're sort of half busy. We do still try to go to the parks every Sunday afternoon and we go kick the footy or throw the frisbee or whatever. But we've often gone on what I call a gratitude walk. And um, this is up behind Moores Creek, somewhere up First Turkey somewhere. And basically the whole time we're walking, my kids are whinging. Why do we have to go for a 5k walk on a Sunday afternoon? <laughs> and I say, this is a gratitude walk. <laughs> and we keep walking until you're grateful. <laughs> well, turn around once you're grateful. And you've got to walk all the way back to the car. <laughs> and then Ethan says, wow, I love doing walks on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> and I says, it's not a sarcasm walk. It's a gratitude walk. So do gratitude walks, okay? Yeah. Yeah, great. Yep, say the, start the behaviour, the feelings will follow. So anyway, that, that was one of our gratitude walks. Um, and, but you need to... So, dads, it's a choice. Be grateful for your wife. So tell her every day, thank you. Thank you for being a great mum. Thank you for looking after kids. Like, you, you can talk all day saying thanks. Thank you, kids. Like this morning, Ethan, no, last night he made breakfast, like ready to go, and this morning he cooked it. So I said, thanks, Ethan, for making me breakfast. So it's really simple, gratitude. All you have to do is say thank you for something they've already done. You don't even have to make anything up. It's, it's done, you know? Hey, Krista, thanks for taking the kids to school, even though you work there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> fathers communicate. They make a choice to communicate. An unreliable messenger can cause a lot of trouble. 
Reliable communication permits progress. So fathers, learn to communicate. This is a very practical one, okay? I'm sure Chris will give you tips on this. But remember when I spoke three weeks ago, I gave you three simple tips about communication. So you can start on these while being a father. The first one was don't talk harshly, okay? So when you're upset, and that will happen on a very frequent basis because living together you upset each other. That's just what happens when people live together. Okay, so when you upset each other and you want to address something, don't talk harshly. If you're in a frame of mind where you're angry, wait till you're in a better frame of mind when you can talk non-harshly, okay? Two, if you're on the other end of that because they initiated the communication, you need to wait till they finish their whole train of thought before you respond, okay? Don't interrupt. That's communication number two for fathers. I'm a terrible one at that because I'm just bad at it. And like I said when I was talking about resentment, I had trained Krista to shut down because she'd address something and if she was talking about someone else, I'd start talking because I'd say, I know your problem, I can fix this for you. And she probably didn't even want the solution, she was just talking. But if she's talking about me, like having a whinge about me, like you're doing this, I'm just defending myself. I haven't even finished, I've started defending. I'm like, you know, the best form of defense is attack, you know what they say? And um, it's not great in marriages. So she'd say, I don't like when you do this, and I say, yeah, blah, 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 and off you go. And then, like at this, so over like, we've been married 20 years, but over say the first 15 years of marriage, as soon as I'd start to say something back, that was it, conversation over for the night. Because I had taught her that. I'd taught her that no matter what she says, I'd shut her down so there's no point talking. That was a, a behaviour that I had taught her. And I'll say to her, well, why don't you talk to me? But I actually taught her the behaviour in the way I treated her. So we're way, way better at that now. I, I try really hard to just pause. It's like a game of rugby union scrum, Chris. Stop, pause, engage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that if you're a union fan. So, um, and the third thing was just put the mobile phone away. Be where your feet are. So if you're in a conversation with someone, don't be in a conversation with someone else. Just wherever your feet are, be there. Be present. Be mindful. Just, so the three communication skills that fathers need to do. Don't talk harshly to your wife or kids. If someone's talking to you, wait till they're finished and then make sure there's no mobile devices anywhere in the vicinity while you're doing that. Okay? Three simple things. Very easy choices, right? These are, remember from the start, these are all choices that you can make. Simple ones. It, it, like, they're simple, but they're hard. Like, you understand the difference between, I'm not saying they're simple and easy, there's, but it's a simple choice. It's not like saying, I need to climb Mount Everest, Everest tomorrow. The choice itself is simple, but it's still hard in terms of whether you actually have the internal fortitude to do it. Um, teach them the rules. And this starts at when you're watching a game of footy, just tell them the rules. Which means next time you watch a game, like, we all like watching footy with our mates. Like, you, you grow a mate, you grow a friend, right? Someone who understands the intricacies of rugby union rules. And, uh, or take them to games, you know? And, um, but teach them the rules. Just another simple one. It, basically, whatever you're doing, just involve them in it. 
I put two together here because I didn't want one after my final slide. Small choices is another one is say yes. As you can see, I've said yes today, because there was a, that day, because there was a kid missing. That kid is Jacinda. I've got the two boys and Karis there. Is that right? Maybe it's Jacinda. I don't know. But either way, mum is nowhere to be seen, as you can see. And they are in their pyjamas, and we are in a shopping centre. And there's three of them crammed in a ride that I wouldn't have paid for. So, obviously mum was not around at this point. <laughs> so, uh, say Say yes. Now, what I found as a um, what I found as a dad is I say no a lot, and I found it even more so in trying to raise my youngest daughter, Karis, because she has some uh, personality traits that are a little bit different to most. And um, and what the doctor told us was that she will hear every single person who ever deals with her in her life criticizing her. Because, because she's got a motor in her, like the Energizer Bunny. Um, no matter where she goes, she's just go, 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 go. And it might be cute for five minutes, it might be cute for ten, but it, it, you tend to wear down people after a while. So generally, like brothers and sisters, they'll get sick of it. So basically, the doctor said, basically in every social setting in her life, she will be criticised, like, basically it's all negative. And so they said, your job as parents is to make sure it's all positive. And I know she'll drive you up the wall, but it's got to be positive. Because she won't get it anywhere else. So that's something I'm learning. But then from that, I've learned to try and say yes more. So when my kids ask me for soft drinks at church, I say, yes. <laughs> yes. My daughter asked me for a hot chocolate, and I said, yes. And then I saw the notification came up as $8.50. And I'm thinking, what did she buy? <laughs> and <laughs> ah, she was paying for more than one. But as a parent, would you know that you're always saying no, right? So last week, uh, Chris was away again, and I had to bring Karis down to church, and she runs out of her bedroom, and she looks, she's in a hot pink shirt and shorts that don't match, and Stuff I wouldn't even wear on a sad day. And I said, what are you wearing? I said, don't you want to wear a dress? And she goes, not today. I said, okay. <laughs> because normally I said, no, we're going to church, you're going to dress properly. But I thought, oh, who cares? Like, not for her, she's eight. And I'm, I'm telling my kids no so much, like all the time, that if you have any opportunity to say yes, you need to say yes. Even if they don't quite follow the rules, you need to say yes. Okay? Just a little thing. You can't see any of that list on that one. So there's your eight things that you can practice doing day to day to day with your kids to help you be a great dad. Say yes. And this is my last one. Father's lead. So right at the start, the for me the first choice of a father was fathers level up. When you become a dad, you realise, okay, things have to change, okay? So you start putting things in place for the benefit of your family. You know, you work, yeah, you start doing these things. But in the end, like the fathers forgive one, at the end, it comes, to me this is number one. This is the thing you have to do. Fathers lead. 
But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And um, men must not, or fathers must not neglect the calling and responsibility to provide spiritual leadership in the home. Fathers need to lead. Okay, and I remember, I've told this story before, so anyone who's been here will know it. But it's funny how we're embarrassed to share Christ sometimes. And when I got married, which is about 20 years ago, I knew in my speech I had to read this passage. And I had all my workmates there, and I had um, some of some other family who weren't Christians. I had some other friends who weren't Christians. Fair enough, the majority of us were from peace. And I was thinking, oh, I'm feeling a little bit embarrassed. I don't know if I want to say that in front of people. Plus, I banned alcohol from the wedding, which didn't go down that great either. Um, because um, Krista's family were traditionally Lutherans, and as I say, they drink like fish. So, um, so <laughs> they do, don't they? Not all of them. Not all of them, sorry. You know, I'm not... I'm not I'm not per- I was telling the youth, on fr- I'm not personally against alcohol, but I just know for me, it's, it's not for me. And, and I've been very clear about that from a young age. For me, I can't do it. And that was the way I was going to run my family. So I had to make, before the wedding, I just said, that's dry wedding. Sorry, guys. And I got a bit of flack for that. But then um, in the middle, I knew I had to read the scripture and stand up and make, wasn't, I just knew I had to make a declaration, like a proclamation in the middle of that wedding speech. This is like, it was day one of my family, right? I knew I had to get up day one and make a proclamation about how my family would run. So, and I felt embarrassed and I didn't want to do it. And I'm thinking, surely it doesn't matter. Surely I know inside that's the way I feel. And then I can tell Krista and it'll be fine. There's something about a proclamation that is full of power. Once again, I can't explain it. It's like curses have power. Blessings have bigger powers. Proclamations have power. It's how God created the whole world. He spoke and it happened and we're made in his image so we create life with our words. Okay, very simple. So I was creating life in my family with my words. So I got up at my speech at my wedding and I read the passage and I said, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. So it was a spiritual declaration over my household and my family. So so fathers lead. I wasn't even a dad then. So, we went for a run one night and I just took a selfie at the end. If you ever, if you, if you look at all these photos, five out of the six are normal people and one out of the six can't manage to pull a straight face. It's like the wind changed one day and it's constantly that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, men need to lead in physical things, okay? Men lead, fathers lead. So you lead in physical things. So you lead in exercise. You drag, if I drag my family out all the time. We're going for a 5K run, let's go. Or a gratitude walk or something. I'm always, dra- ask them, I'm always dragging them out, whether they like it or not. Because exercise is good for your body, but especially good for your mind. It's probably better for your mind than your body. So. Fathers will lead in that. They will exercise. Okay? um, And simplest thing is getting you and everyone in your house into bed on time. 
is a father's role. And I failed on that last night. I got to carriage to bed, which is a good one, but the other three I forgot about. <laughs> and Krista was out and she got home at like late and there was three kids running around downstairs, which somehow just, I forgot about. Anyway, wasn't fun times, put it that way. I said, uh, remember those communication skills about speaking harshly? <laughs> Please recall them to mind right now. Um, no, no, but so another rule I put in place, and these rules have the full support of my wife. We always go to bed at the same time, and we have done that from day one that we were married. We always decided that we'd always go to bed at the same time, and that way it stops me up watching kittens on YouTube, right? So, <laughs> we, you know, we just plan our night and whatever time that is, sometimes it's late, sometimes it's early, but it doesn't matter, it's always the same time. Now I get up earlier than that, because I need less sleep. But um, we always go to bed at the same time. Because fathers lead in those things, because it's good for your mind and good for your health. I was telling the kids on Friday night that if you get five hours less or sleep or less, consistently, you will shorten your lifespan by 30%. So think about that, young fellows who are on the games at night. You're killing yourself. You'll take decades off your life. You need eight hours sleep. Maybe some of you need seven. But seven's the minimum. Okay, so fathers will they'll do that. They'll put that in place. They will. Um, fathers lead in spiritual things. And like you said with fathers forgive, the biggest thing I've learned about being a husband or father, and I still get it wrong all the time, is fathers have to move first. Okay? So if you have an issue between you and your wife and it's just not resolving, which happens, the father needs to take the high road. He needs to apologise first. He has to say, what do I need to change to make this better? Um, you know, if, even if you never change, what do I need to do? That is the father's role. And you'll be surprising how the other members in your family change as soon as you do that. Don't expect it in one day, please. That's ridiculous. Try 30 or 60. But if you change your behaviour to do, to say, okay, we have this situation, it's not resolving, I'm going to do this to change that, even though I feel like this is not my job, I shouldn't be doing this, the situation is your fault. As a father, you change. And you watch what happens in 60 or 90 or 120 days. Because I've seen it in my own life, so it works. So. God the Father loved us first. He sent his son. That was the first thing. And then we respond. Okay? This is how fathering works. So God loved us first and we need to follow that same example. While we were still sinners, he sent his son. So, if your marriage is a mess, you lead and you change. And if your relationship with the kids is a mess, you lead and you change. Even if you think, I'm being soft. I'm giving in too easy. It's not true. You need to change. Because when you change, then your kid Don't say, no, my kids are the younger gen they're generation wise and they should learn. When I was a kid, I, it wasn't like that. They need to toughen up. No, it's wrong. Every dad from generation zero to now has said that about their kids. Which means every father was like that when he was a kid. He was different to his dad. The dad's got to change. The dad's got to lead. He's got to lead. He's got to, he's got to reach out. Like God sent his son. While the prodigal 
you know, the father ran out. The son was uncertain. The, the father has to show the love. He has to forgive. So you have to choose to level up. You have to choose to love. You have to choose to sacrifice. You have to choose to work. You have to choose forgiveness and provision. You've got to, um, you've got to make sure you lead. Move. For, if anything you remember, anything about today, remember, move first. Okay? So we have the example of Christ, of God in John 3.16. God sent. He moved first. If, if that's all you remember out of today, God sent. So it was a choice, a choice to move first. That's my summary. There we go. I took 45 minutes getting there, but just, <laughs> it just hit my head. Okay? The message for today, to make a choice to move first. Okay? It'll, every situation will be different, but write that on your rear vision mirror. Make a choice to move first. Write it everywhere. Make a choice to move first. Does that make sense? So, especially in families where there's issues, which is every family, and, and but a lot of issues are ongoing over time, and you just, just, okay, fathers, here's a challenge. Make a choice to move first. Great, we're done. <laughs>